The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Is it mad that the world burning is not in our, like, top three concerns? You thought bad news was done, but I'm back with more. And Alice Sneddon's Bad News Saves the World. I finally address the climate crisis and explore why no one cares. Watch it on thespinoff.co.nz. I can see the anxiety starting to emit from you. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by Spark Lab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about Spark Lab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. Kia ora koutou kato and welcome to Business is Boring. Today alternate milks are so common, there are cafes where you have to specially request cow milk. But when it comes to ice cream, the alternative options are nowhere near as common, or often as good. Eat Kinda are out to change that with their win-win-win offering that is better for the planet to produce, that uses cauliflower that would be a waste stream, and that tastes as good as dairy with no udders involved. To talk starting the company, making the product, and what's next, co-founder Millie Kumar joins us now. Tenakwe, thank you for being here. Kia ora, Simon. Thank you for having me on. Hey, so it's so cool. Tell me about your path into business. As you were in food technology or food science, were you? And how did how did you come across this product? Yeah, so I'll take it back to the beginning. Uh, so I'm from Wellington, and I grew up you know, typical Asian child, grew up in my dad's takeaway, talking to customers. So I was grew around food um, and also entrepreneurship. Um, And then I think what I remember is as a child really liking to bake. So I did a lot of baking, experimenting in the kitchen, a lot of eggless recipes because my grandma couldn't eat eggs. Um, And then I think that led to participating in Crest at high school. So I went to Wellington High and there was a Crest challenge where you do like a food challenge, you get to a brief and you have to experiment with food. Um, And that was like the first time I really got to experience food technology and what that means. So it's like this balance of creativity with science. And I really, really enjoyed that. Um, And so that kind of led me to study food technology at Massey University in Palmerston North. Ah, that's such a cool way in. And then, so you were at Massey or finishing, and and how was it that you came across cauliflower ice cream? So literally the last day of my degree, my fourth year degree, um, there was this thing called a startup weekend in Hawara in Taranaki, and we kind of got a discounted ticket. So I was like, yeah, let's go, free food. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so I turned up, and that's where I met my now co-founder, Jenny Matheson. And so Jenny is from the Taranaki, and she actually used to be experiment lots of things in her kitchen, and it was her idea to create a cauliflower ice cream. And so she's been vegan for about 20 years, surrounded by dairy farms, so she had to, you know, experiment with things and create delicious things for her friends and family because there was just nothing really on the market, especially back then. Now we've got stuff. Um, And she liked using vegetables, so just... I think it started from a failed cheesecake and that then turned into an ice cream product. Cauliflower just ended up being the best vegetable um, and she brought this idea along to Startup Weekend. I just was really intrigued by the ideas. I love food technology and the creation and science and that drew me to her and we 
created a team and did really, really well. And then I remember afterwards uh, we met up for some sushi and we had a talk. We're like, you know what? Should we give it a crack? Yeah, let's do it. And here we are. <laughs> that is so amazing that on the last day of the degree, your next chapter kind of just kind of pops into space. Oh, look, I was going to have a nice holiday. But, um, <laughs> didn't happen. Yeah. And tell me about, like, did it sound to you when you first heard this idea of, like, cauliflower ice cream, did it sound like, oh, that makes perfect sense from a food technology point of view? Or does it sound kind of odd? Or how, how did it go for you? Oh, look, it definitely sounds odd. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was intrigued. And I mean, doing food tech, you realise anything's possible. And so I was like, yeah, I'm sure, I, I believe it, you know. And so, yeah, and it was absolutely delicious. Jenny actually whipped it up. And we took it to the judges for our pitch night. And it was delicious. And everyone was just like, this is so good. I was like, man, we might be onto a winner here. Yeah. What makes cauliflower good for something like that? Because it's often, you you know, you, everyone would have heard of like ca cauliflower um, subbing in for rice or, you know, like a roasted cauliflower head or whatever. But, um, you know, I, ice cream kind of has a very, um, I don't know, milk-based kind of space in our heads. What makes cauliflower good for that? Yeah, I think for the application of ice cream, cauliflower is a very neutral vegetable. You know, in terms of colour, we can easily change it and format it like we want. It's got fibre in it, and we believe that's actually what provides some of that textural properties in the ice cream. Yeah, it's just a good vegetable. And how did you go about taking the home recipe and making it into something that could be the base of a company. Like, what were the first things you had to do for you and Jenny to take that idea from concept to reality? Hey, if, you know, any food business listening to this, man, it's so hard, right? The scale-up process is the most difficult and that's where the most tears happen because you really have this amazing thing that tastes delicious and now you're having to scale it up for, you know, mass and you see the changes. So it was very, it was difficult, um, but we were lucky to have a great team with us. So back then, the, the kitchen formulation that Jenny had was delicious. However, it still had some of those pain points that consumers are facing mm. within the ice cream category. Uh, so the vegan ice creams tend to be harder, icier, are not as creamy, or they melt really quickly. And so we were like, you know what, if we're going to launch this, it has to tick all those boxes. You know, it needs to be as good as dairy. And so because of um, being a student, I had really good connections at Massey and I had great supervisors. And so I was grateful to have their support. Uh, and so we created a team and we just worked on it for about two, two and a half years. And so at Massey, we worked on the scale up process. And then from there, uh, we had the support of the Food Bowl, the Food Innovation Network. And they really helped us, you know, taking it from kitchen to about 50 litres a batch at Massey to, you know, 600 litres at the Food Bowl. And yeah, it's just taken time and really good people that just know what they're doing. And what's everyone been like when you take the idea to them? Yeah, obviously intrigued. Uh, and I think and people in the food space are op more open, right? They're like, you know what, sure. But I, I, think, I think there were some sceptics. And, you know, even now you give it to them and they're like, oh, my God, it's actually really good. <laughs> you're like, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Didn't need to use the actually so hard there. <laughs> actually happened yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, and, 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 and along that journey, like, tell us about the cauliflower and the, because I understand it's like it would otherwise go to waste. Like, how much cauliflower is out there going to waste at the moment? Yeah, well, you know, we, from the beginning, wanted to create a company that's the most sustainable as possible. And so when we're using cauliflower, we're like, how could we do that? And globally, around 40% or if not more vegetables are just left on the farms, unharvested, and just go to waste, right? And so we're like, could we solve this problem? And I guess that is a challenge, and we're still figuring out how to do that 
in the best way. So we're working with growers, we're working with Perfectly Imperfect. I know Wendy's been on the show. Yeah, Wendy rules. Yeah, so we've been working closely with Wendy um, to figure out how do we do that. And now we're in the process of creating a supply chain so that when the cauliflower, so what happens is cauliflower comes in flushes in season. So we actually grow it all year round in New Zealand and multiple places. So there's not really necessarily a supply problem. But what happens is it comes in flushes. So the weather might be really good. We get heaps of cauliflower and then there's too much. Um, so then what do you do with it? You know, it just gets left. Or the cauliflower might be slightly the wrong colour or too big in supermarkets like cute little small ones. Uh, and Or they might have a little bit of purple colour, which actually means it's got high antioxidant value, but they don't want it. So we've got all this excess or waste that we can actually use because it doesn't interfere with the product quality at all. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, now we're working on how do we collect it and use it in our ice cream when we need it. And I think I think I was saying this with Wendy, but it's so bananas, isn't it, that after all of human history where the bigger the vegetable, the better you were as a grower, now it's like, too big, leave it to rot. I and that know. just it feels so wrong. Yes, it's because they want a certain size to fit in a crate, is my understanding. And so it's all about money at the end of the day, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> and so, I mean, you must be um, very popular with cauliflower growers. I mean, if there's a way for this thing that they've put... Um, you know, a lot of early starts and a lot of work into to, to be able to go to a really good use. Yeah, well, we're still at early stages, but I guess it's not really easy for the farmers as well, right? Because they've got certain processes set up to, that aligns with the retailers. So now we're having to come in and talk to them about how do we change those processes so we can get that cauliflower that will just be left. So it's actually quite a bit of a big challenge that we're trying to tackle. Uh, and we're not it's not perfect, but we'll get there. Yeah, and I imagine um, hard for planning production and stuff if you're like well today we've got 20 times as much as we thought we'd have and tomorrow we don't know yeah yeah and that's why i guess at the moment we're just trying to utilize it when we can uh, and we would want to hope to be at a point where we can use it all the time uh, but at the moment you know being a startup we've got that flexibility and we've just got really good partners that work with us so yeah we're very grateful and what attracted you to the idea of it being non-dairy yeah, so I've been vegetarian all my life, uh, back then more so because I just didn't like meat growing up. And now after being educated, especially doing the startup, you realise some of the challenges in our food system, right? Especially with the meat and dairy industry. And so more and more I realise, you know, there's ethical reasons, sustainable reasons for, you know, changing my diet to a more dairy-free plant-based diet. Uh, and Jenny has been vegan for about 20 years. So, yeah, I, and, you know, there's so many more people like us. You know, yesterday I was in the Hukafuru village in Palmerston North, like a little farmer's market, and we took some product down, you know, get people to taste it, get their reactions, telling them it's cauliflower. Um, and they, I'd be like, do you want to try some ice cream? And they'd be like, sorry, we can't have it, we're, we're vegan, or we're lactose intolerant. And I probably only asked 15, 20 people and I had a few. And so you're really noticing that shift and people, you know, wanting different options. Yeah, we're kind of a bit addicted to dairy as a country though. Hey, like if you go to the supermarket and watch, people will have like 10 different kinds of dairy in their trolleys, like sour cream and some yogurt and some yeah. milk and some cream and some ice cream and, you, you know, and yeah. then three different kinds of cheeses and <laughs> you're like, whoa. And I guess is it because there aren't other alternate options, you know, that are that good, you know, and, and food is so cultural and that's why I really struggle, you know, I'm, I call myself a wannabe vegan because it's hard, you know, and and it's so cultural. Like growing up, I mean, I've got Indian heritage. 
dairy is such a big part of our diet. And so it's so hard. And I can understand, you know, for other people as well, where they've grown up a certain way with certain foods, it's so hard to just be like, I'm not going to eat this anymore. And so it come, it's our, I guess it's my responsibility as a food technologist to be able to help create alternatives for people so they can lead the lifestyles they want without feeling like they're missing out or they're compromising. Yeah. And what's the difference in terms of, because I guess there's like quite a lot of environmental impact difference between having heaps of cows and land and nitrates and all the rest of it um, versus growing cauliflower. Yeah, so we did some initial research and we found that the comparison between growing cauliflower or making milk, uh, there was a difference of 93% less land use, 81% less water use, uh, 53% less eutrophication, and about 70% less uh greenhouse gas emissions as well. And this is all initial research, but in our plan is to do proper LCA analysis to validate, you know, some of that that research. Yeah, that's wild, eh? Because when you're kind of, I don't know, enjoying a little bit of ice cream, watching a movie or something, you're not really thinking about all of the downstream effects of those choices. Yeah, exactly right. And so if we can get a better option, why not? Yeah, and it's not gross as well like because if you think too much about the whole kind of <laughs> process eh? like it's it's it doesn't bear too much thinking yeah and I guess also a lot of people are wanting to shift because of health reasons you know they might be lactose intolerant the amount of friends have messaged me being like Millie we've ate, eaten a whole tub and our tummy just doesn't feel weird maybe we are lactose intolerant we just haven't known <laughs> it's been incredible getting that feedback and yeah it's awesome yeah, it's almost like humans don't have the same bacteria in their guts as baby cows. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> because we're not baby cows, maybe? <laughs> yeah. That's funny, Simon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll be back in a moment with Millie Kumar to try. We're going to do a live, we're going to do like a live trial of some Eat Kinda ice cream uh, and hear about how they started the business. Spark is proud to partner with the Sustainable Business Network and the Climate Action Toolbox. The free Climate Action Toolbox can provide you with simple step-by-step guides to measure and reduce your emissions. Help lead the way to a low-carbon future for New Zealand. Visit sparklab.co.nz forward slash sustainability to find out more. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome back to Business is Boring, where we're with Millie Kumar of Eat Kinder. And we're going to do a, uh, a live little trial. So I've been following this for a while, LinkedIn messaging and um, <laughs> you know, t- t- talking to you and watching the journeys, but haven't yet had a chance to try it. So thank you for bringing in a couple here. We're going to try a little poddle of the strawberry first. Tell me, what's what's actually in here? So it's like cauliflower and... So cauliflower is pretty much the number one ingredient. Uh, and there are other ingredients, but, you know, I'm going to leave it for the listeners to go on the website. Even better, 
go buy one from Hell Pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get. We'll, I think we'll jump into Hell Pizza in a minute because that's really interesting because it's all available there, right? Pretty much. Yeah. So this is very creamy. Was it AMS? ASMR? What is it like? <laughs> <laughs> Should I really, really kind of eat real close to the microphone? Hmm. It's very creamy. Hmm. I would not think that that was not ice cream. There's something about the fact that you know it's going to be cauliflower that makes you think it's going to be grainy or something, hey, because cauliflower mm. is like lots of little gr- gr- grainy bits. <laughs> um, but this is super smooth and super creamy and yum. But it hasn't got like a fat, cloying fat aftertaste. Yeah. Your tongue isn't like coated in cow mucous membrane and <laughs> plasma and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting feedback, right? Because we yeah. have some people that actually prefer it because there's no that fatty aftertaste, but then there are some consumers that do like that. So it's quite an interesting. It's interesting that you've noticed that. Would you would you normally buy strawberry? Are you a strawberry person? Maybe. I've got all kinds of weird things where like I don't really I try not to have much milky stuff unless I'm hungover and then I really like a <laughs> and then I really like a milkshake. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that chocolate's real good. <laughs> Is it actually good, Simon? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> not actually good, but it's real good. It's like, it's kind of like, and I don't know if this is rude, but it's kind of like McDonald's milkshake, hey. which I really like. <laughs> That's good. Great feedback. Yeah, part of my... It's, pre- it's mainstream. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Mm. And so is that really purposeful to be mainstream if someone says that's like a McDonald's milkshake? That's that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I think so. One of our first, you know, when we did those vision and mission statements back in the day, one of ours was mainstreaming conscious eating. Yeah. Uh, and that's because we want this to be for everyone. But just want to say we've not paid Simon for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's good stuff. And it's very light. So it's often things, especially a lot of the kind of like non-dairy ones, you know, coconut is, can be quite overpowering. I think there's a little bit of coconut in there, eh? But it's there's not. There's coconut oil, which doesn't mm. have the coconut taste. Mm. So you sh- ideally shouldn't get any coconut aftertaste. Yeah, so it's not got that, which can be nice as well. Like I've learned to really like, like I really like the um, the nice blocks, um, yes. their variety of, um, of of chocolate nice blocks that are very coconut led and yeah, they're delicious. Yeah. But it's quite a different experience than a, than ice cream, and it's kind of lighter. So is that it's it's not um, as dense, perhaps? Is that right? Yeah. So traditionally in ice cream, there's air. And one of the difficulties with vegan ice cream is because of the formulation, they can't get much air into it. And this is getting very technical. And so that's, I guess, the advantage of our product. Because of the way we've made it, we've been able to get more air to get that creaminess like you would in your dairy ice cream. And that's why you get that creaminess that you wouldn't from other products. Yeah, that's good stuff. And tell us about how you've got that into market because you were just mentioning that you've got, is it one of the flavours or all the flavours at Hell? So we recently in March launched nationwide through Hell Pizza uh, into 77 stores through the chocolate, uh, the strawberry one and the mint, not the chocolate. Uh, and yeah, it's been phenomenal. We've pretty much sold out most stores. I think there's a bunch of stores uh, around the country that still have it and like four and a half, five weeks. So yeah, we're pretty stoked. Oh, that's <laughs> the response. And how do you go about, you know, as part of that mainstreaming these things, how do you go about making a deal with Hell? And is that an exciting moment in the, you know, growth of a young company? Yeah. Hey, look, it's such a Kiwi story. 
Uh, so one of my best mates, Zoe Adler, shout out. She worked at Hell Pizza in Wellington, Cuba Street branch. <laughs> and her manager, she just told her about me. Manager loved the story, especially I think maybe because I was from Wellington as well. Told her, the director, Callum at Hell Pizza, they asked us to bring some samples in. We took some samples in, like the early stage products, not even this. Like last year, they loved it. And they were like, you know what, we want this. And they've just worked with us and it's, they've been so patient. Uh, and yeah, we, when we were ready, we were like, hey, look, let's go. And they've supported us and helped us launch into their, into their stores. That's so cool. And wh where else can you be found? At the moment, pretty much Hell Pizza and then Cyclista Cafe in Palmerston North. But we are working on retailers now uh, into supermarkets. So hopefully we'll be in supermarkets this coming summer. Awesome. And in terms of like, you know, the the pieces that you've launched with, like the brand and the um, the packaging and stuff. Tell me about that journey too, because I love it. I love the um, the Eat Kinder as a name and love the um, little characters that you've made out of the ice cream. It's really fun. So that's another Kiwi story, <laughs> very Kiwi story. I actually work as a barista part-time. I used to in Palmy at Cyclista Cafe. And one day this guy turns up and he was just having a yarn um, and he owns a marketing creative agency in Wellington, loves our product and offers to do it for, on, for Koha. Yeah. So they've just done this for us um, and it's just worked with us and we can't be more grateful. Yeah, that's so cool. What What's that outfit? Uh, Ocean Design. Yeah, they're great, eh? They're awesome. Yeah, so just amazing, amazing people. Yeah, so we're very, very grateful for the support we've gotten from people to get where we are today. Yeah, awesome. And what stage is the business at now? So you're talking to grocery to get in there. You've been doing some stuff overseas even? Yeah, yeah, again, just really grateful for the community I have around me. So recently was able to go on a delegate trip to Singapore with Sea Cape uh, from Victoria University. And that was really good. Got really great insight into the Singapore grocery, FMCG space, made some connections, hoping to go to the US next week. <laughs> uh, and I think it's just about getting that understanding of the global market. Being New Zealand, we're so far away, we have these preconceived ideas of what it might be like to export and going into these markets, but the reality is so different when you're in market and that's something I've realised. So we're just wanting to make the most of going there, meeting people, understanding what their wants are, so we can start creating a business now that actually solves their problem, you know, in their markets, not New Zealanders' problems. Yeah, there's nothing that replaces going there, hey, it's like... I remember the first time that I stood in a Whole Foods aisle and, you know, there's a whole wall of granola and then, you know, back in New Zealand, there's like three times or, you yeah. know, there's like four um, peanut butters here and now there's there's like a whole wall of kiwi peanut butter there, which is so cool. But yeah. that idea, you just don't understand the scale and the option until you've stood in like a Erewhon and seen the four trillion drinks <laughs> on the wall. So I've never been, so I'm going for the first time and I feel like it's going to be a culture shock. Yeah. Well, it's kind of awesome. Also, like, it's pretty special that it's like going to a theme park, just going to like a Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I feel like I'm going to come back with no money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. And then, yeah, what have you had to, so for coming from the food science side, what have you had to upskill and build out and how have these things like the food bowl and like the um you you, you know the organizations around you how have they helped you build build those extra things in yeah look i've had to learn everything i had no business experience uh yeah just researching have had really good mentors so there's been a few so we started actually uh through taranaki power up which is like a local 
incubator style program. And that was our first, you know, education around what is business? How do you figure out your problem? How do you interview customers? All of that. And it was great. And from that, we were then on a on another Soda Inc. program, which we had Brian West as a mentor, which has been awesome. Uh, we've also had Ross McCullum, founder of Carpety Ice Cream, as a mentor. I also, through KiwiNet, have had Joe Davidson as a mentor. And so all these mentors from the industry have actually helped educate me and learn the skills I've needed to do business. And I think it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people, right? You can do anything if you've got the right people helping you out. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And those are absolutely top, top flight mentors. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Yes. Super lucky. <laughs> and tell us about your plans now. So what's happening next for the business? Yeah. So launch into Hell Pizza, very happy with the feedback and working on grocery building our retailers and then um, we're also actually raising capital at the moment, raising our pre-seed round to help us really grow into the New Zealand market as well as starting to, you know, figure out what is that next market. We, we really do see eKinder as a global brand. We want to create the next Ben & Jerry's right here from Aotearoa. Uh, so we're just trying to execute on that. Yeah. And how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in being part of that journey? Flick me a message on LinkedIn, Renali Kuma, or on Instagram, or through the website. You can email me. <laughs> <laughs> Get in touch. Yeah, awesome. And, and some, what advice would you have for someone? I mean, in some ways, you're very early into your journey, but in other ways, your two and a half years of development, a year of market development, you know, design, brand, uh, launching all these things so far along. Like, what would your advice be for people? interested in taking the jump into commercialising a product that they love or like an amazing home recipe that's been, um, you, you, you know, a success and then taking it to that next stage. Yeah, I'm going to give you four bits of advice. The first one, validate your problem. Talk to people before you jump into it. You'll save a lot of money if there's no problem there. Number one. Number two would be, I reckon find a co-founder. I can't imagine doing this without Jenny. It just helps so much. And you just have someone to just constantly have a yarn with, especially when times go hard. But if that's not for you, find awesome team members to surround yourself with. Quick shout out to Chalita, our flavour con connoisseur, um, and our recent addition, Felicia, who's creating magic on our socials now. Yeah, team's everything. Three, it's going to get hard. You're going to have times when it's lonely. So make sure you have a support network of some form around you. And look, it's going to be different for everyone, but just work on that. And f the fourth one would be just go for it. Naivety is bliss. <laughs> it's so true. I some people like, if I knew what it was going to be like, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. But then if you hadn't have done it, you wouldn't have made something cool. Yes, just go for it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and as a final thought, what will success be for Eat Kinder? And what will success be for you personally? I would love to go to an overseas market and be able to buy Eat Kinder. That's what success looks like, as well as you know, taking away some market share from some leading dairy brands would be great as well. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing the story so far and can't wait to see where you take it next. That's Millie Kumar, co-founder at Eat Kinder. Kelda. Thank you, Simon. So thank you so much to Millie for coming and sharing your story, to you for listening, and for everyone who helps make this happen, like our producer, Te Butler. Do follow Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what we do, please do rate or leave us a review. Enohora. From the Spin Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring. Brought to you by Spark Lab. 
Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.